0: Why
1: do you want to do this interview? Because it's important to get one's message out into the public, right? Okay. If you spend your lifetime uh, developing a point of view and uh, a, a planetary uh, help philosophy, it's important that people are aware of it, right? Otherwise, like ideas that are trapped in your head are useless, right? They're only when they're communicated to other minds that they actually become valuable.
0: okay. How would you define a maverick?
1: A maverick is someone who refuse refuses to follow the mainstream just because it's the mainstream but sets out in their own direction uh, when it, uh, it, it it suits them or it suits their um, long-term goals.
0: Okay why do you think you're a maverick?
1: Uh, well, because uh, I never thought that I should follow any mainstream philosophy. I always just did what I thought was best.
0: Okay. Yeah. The London School of Economics developed a maverickism statement. Mm. I'm going to give you seven statements, mm. and you just need to say true, false, can't decide. Mm-hmm. People tell me that I'm a maverick, or words to that effect. True. I have a knack for getting things right when least expected. True. I have a way of solving problems which is different from other people. True. I am much more productive than other people.
1: So people tell me. True.
0: Okay. I have very unusual talents. True. I am generally underestimated by people. True. I do things differently and better than most people when I work.
1: No, in my area of expertise, yeah, I do things better than people. Okay. In other things, I do them a lot worse. Okay, okay. (laughs) But but I enjoy, enjoy, see, if you can't learn to do something well, you can learn to love doing it badly. Okay, okay.
0: (laughs) Why do you do things differently?
1: Just do. There is no Why? They're just, just, uh, because uh, as I explained in my talk on Friday, I perceive the world differently Mm -hmm. than other people apparently, so I've been told, and so therefore naturally I do things differently, because I perceive differently.
0: Okay. Can you give me an example of what you do differently and how? Uh,
1: Well, an infinite number of things, like like for example, um, for no particular reason I eat my food in order right right so i don't just mix the meat and the vegetables and the potatoes all in one bite i always eat all the vegetables first and all the potatoes first and all the meat first now why do i do that not to be eccentric i just always have done it that way because i like doing it that way i like to keep uh one taste in my mouth okay and right. what about
0: so, with this that work you're doing like I read, you know, the type, the handouts you had about the book you're, you've written mm-hmm. um, about the, how the world's going to be impacted in the future by three D printing. Mm. Um, how do you? Can you give me an example of how you think differently there?
1: Okay. I've always was told that I should do a rough copy before I wrote an essay, mm-hmm. right? But I never did. Right. I just sat down and in those days, a typewriter just typed it out with okay. no rough copy or anything. And then people told me that was wrong, but that's how I always wrote essays, Okay. right? And I did the book the same way. just sat down and started writing with no rough copy, no draft, no nothing, right? So apparently that's different than other people do it. Okay, excellent. So, but I don't care because that's the way I do it. Because do it. Okay. I always write the book in my head first. And then just put the writing that's in my head on the paper. Right, gotcha.
0: Is what you do equated to the bottom line, so money, or something
1: else? Uh, I find that if you work for money, uh, then you don't give your absolute best work. If you start just working for the money. Rather, you work to solve the problem in the best possible way for your client or for your audience. And then the money follows from that. So you never work to the money. The money follows from 100% effort that you give to meet your clients' needs. Okay.
0: Is (laughs) any part of being a maverick to do with autonomy over your life?
1: Definitely. I I hate to have other people controlling my life.
0: Does doing things differently require certain skills, talents, mindsets? And if so, what are they?
1: Uh, Callousness, because you're constantly being told to conform. Right. And there's something strange about you or, or, or why don't you why aren't you like everyone else, blah blah blah. Right? So you have to be toughened to those comments. Okay. And and be strong enough to follow your point of view. On the other hand, when you are uncertain, then you have to seek be able to be mature enough to seek other people's advice and help when you need it. But when you know you're on the right path to resist that that, that unwanted help. Okay. So, see, a lot of mavericks go too far and always resist other people's help, but sometimes you you need it. So that's the, one of the important things you have to learn is when to be autonomous and when to ask for help. Okay.
0: <clears throat> You've kind of answered the next question, mm-hmm. but I'm going to ask it anyway in case right. there's anything else you want to add. What are the challenges to being a maverick? You said about people don't like you. Mm. But anything else? What the, what yeah, well, other challenges? I mean,
1: Socrates said that when people speak ill of you, act as if no one will believe them. Right? And I live that way. I don't yeah. care what, what people uh, say about me, as long as my mother doesn't find out, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just joking. But um, the, <clears throat> the, the important thing is to uh, have enough self confidence that, that uh, criticism doesn't affect you or bother you. that that is the most important thing okay
0: what's been the lowest point of your journey as a maverick
1: Uh, well you you have periodic low points right like for example in the last three years I started up a project which no one thought was possible right but I knew eventually the technology would make it possible right and so for three years I was uh, operating on my uh, line of credit I wasn't getting any funding uh, people were telling me every, I was wasting my time, I wasn't going to go anywhere, but I still stuck with it. I kept presenting to angel investors and venture capitalists over and over again, hundreds of them, kept getting rejected, until finally this year, finally venture capitalists said, oh yes, this is a great idea, because the technology had caught up, and they now see the vision, and so now funding is pouring in, right? So you have to hang on for years sometimes when everybody tells you that something is impossible,
0: Wonderful. That's a really nice story. Mm. I just want to say to you, the questions, when I started doing this project, mm. I only had 16 questions. Mm. A lot of these questions came out from the Mavericks themselves. Mm. Some mm. of them said, ask this. And some of them, some of them were the themes that emerged because right. I was using grounded theory. Mm. Mm-hmm. What aspects of your personality and character influence your Maverick approach?
1: The, the fact that... Um Let me back step a bit, and that is that in our society, if you have someone who commits some type of crime, like they go in and they do a mass murder or something, the first thing they say is that, well, the person was a loner, as if that was a bad thing. Well, it's not a bad thing. A lot of of people who were loners have done great things. Galileo operated by himself, Newton operated by himself, Leonardo mostly operated by himself, right? So being a loner is one of the prerequisites for being a maverick. Okay. Right. Now, however, you have to know when to seek advice and help when you need it, and that's the key point that uh, some mavericks forget. Okay. You can't operate on your own all the time. For example, that was Tesla's difficulty. He operated on his own too much, and so as a result, he, he lost touch with people. Right? See? Whereas Edison was a much more gregarious person, and so that's why Edison was far more successful commercially than Tesla was
0: right Mm. thank you are you born or bred a maverick both do you think your childhood in any way impacted on you being a maverick today
1: definitely being an only child i had to play by myself for hours and so i learned how to entertain myself and not need others
0: was there anything else from your childhood you think might have made you the maverick you are today
1: well definitely as i said on friday with numerous influences uh, being uh, autistic dyslexic allowed me to view the world differently, mm-hmm. so my vision deconstructs every object into component parts and analyzes it without me even trying, it just does it. right? And so as a result I see the flaws in every design of each object and then I can get creative ways to make it better.
0: Okay.
1: So I mean it's an effortless process, I just look at everything and I deconstruct it.
0: How is your enthusiasm and drive and energy related to being a maverick?
1: The important thing is to internalize the words of Winston Churchill, where he said, a successful person is someone who goes from failure to failure without losing their enthusiasm. So this is a great disservice that education does for us, because if you're in an educational institution uh, and you get an 80% average, what that means is you've only failed 20% of the time, and you're considered a successful student. Right? In the real world of entrepreneurship, failing 98, 99, 99.9% is normal. Mm-hmm. And you cannot allow yourself to despair or panic when you fail 99% of the time. Out of all the ideas i have generated, only 1% have ever come to anything. And that's, you have to accept that. Okay. So that is the hardest thing for ordinary people who have a nine-to-five job with security. If they want to make a transition to becoming an entrepreneur... They have to learn to fail 99% of the time or more. Okay.
0: How do you see rules?
1: Rules is, um, yeah, this is a funny thing. People say, well, uh, you know, you have to have boundaries in life, right? Well, the whole essence of creative entrepreneurship is breaking boundaries. And I'll give you an example: is Mm -hmm. that when I was defending my PhD thesis, uh, I phoned up the head referee who was going to be listening to my defense. Mm-hmm. And I said, did you find any errors in my thesis? Right, And he started to list the pages he found errors on, and I proceeded to correct them. Now, my, when I told my supervisor about this, he said, do you know that that university was founded in 1197 and no one had ever phoned the referee or before phones gone to see him yeah. to ask that question. And there was no rule against it, but no one had done it.
0: Right, And
1: because of that, because of that one initiative, my th- defense with the shortest defense in a thousand year history of the university. Wow and it, it wasn't because I was so brilliant just because I asked so, well where are the mistakes okay but no okay. one else had done it so you see it's better in life to to seek uh, do initiatives yeah. without seeking permission and then apologize later if necessary uh, yeah. right then, then always asking permission right like, and just do things
0: it's surprising mm-hmm. how many Mavericks have said that actually. that's right. Have you always taken a maverick approach to business, or was there a particular trigger?
1: Yeah, I've always I've always taken a maverick position on life, and then subsequently careers in business. And as a result, I've never had a full time job because very few business people will hire a maverick for a full time job. I had lots of part time work, right? But never any full time work because, especially in Canada, no manager is going to first of all. Uh, hire someone who they perceive is smarter than they are who will put them out of a job and secondly is going to disrupt their system. Fair enough. Mm.
0: Are you always a maverick or do you choose to be so at times?
1: Oh, there's times when I conform, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, just to to ease the social uh, interaction. For example, if I go to a wedding, I'll dress up appropriately even though it doesn't really care how I dress. Right, because other people care. Mm-hmm. And so but in such cases I will conform. So uh, I don't think it's appropriate for Mavericks to always be non conforming just to upset people.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Right? Uh, so and do you turn the dial up and down? Like today you're here, you're being mm-hmm. interviewed, mm-hmm. I've just told you you're number ninety four mm-hmm. and here I can be as Maverick as I like. Then tomorrow you might be going to do a business pitch, maybe to a venture capitalist mm-hmm. as you've said, mm-hmm. and you're <clears> thinking <throat>
1: they can only handle a four pool right? Defin- definitely you have to uh, control your, your level of deviance
0: that's a good way of putting it yeah. your level of control your level of deviance
1: yeah because you don't want to scare uh, investors away when you're trying to get money for a project.
0: And when you're doing this, is it a conscious decision or an unconscious decision?
1: Well, with practice, it becomes natural, second nature. Okay. But initially, you know, many, many years ago when I got started being an entrepreneur, it was a conscious decision not to scare people away. Okay. Now it's so automatic. I don't think about it. Okay.
0: What are the advantages and disadvantages of being a maverick in business?
1: Well, the disadvantages of the lack of security. Mm-hmm. So you don't get a regular paycheck every two weeks, like no normal people, normal people. right? And so you, it, the other thing is living a lot on your own, doing your own thing, so you mm-hmm. have to really like yourself, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, wild fluctuations in income, from zero up to millions of dollars, mm-hmm. uh, but there's no in-between. You, you're often getting so much money you don't know what to do with it, and then no money at all for months or years, so that's what you got to get used to.
0: Okay, and the advantages?
1: The advantages are uh, heightened creativity, a feeling of constantly being alive, of constantly stretching yourself, of constant growth. Uh, There's nothing that can replace that. I'm with
0: you. Mm. Has age and experience altered your maverick approach? And if so, how have you grown?
1: Okay, the way I've grown over the last 40 years of being an entrepreneur is uh, my ability to get along with people is a lot better. I now understand people better okay. and, and so I can uh, tailor my interaction with people so that I don't disrupt them too much. Okay.
0: Yeah. What aspects of your business are you most maverick
1: in? Uh, my creative potential is the most maverick part because I have uh, very uh, unconventional ways of generating creative ideas. Uh, and uh, uh, my most conventional, uh, at least Maverick, is when I raise money for my ventures, where I, I try to conform to the usual venture capital, of doing a proper business plan and so on, even though I would rather do something else. For example, I, instead of doing a business plan, I'd rather construct a mind map and show it to the... But the, yeah. they, of course they won't accept that.
0: Wouldn't it be quite if some of the venture capitalists were Mavericks?
1: Yes, it would. It's not
0: one of the questions. I just
1: far from that, yeah. throw
0: yeah. throw that in. What aspects of your business are you least mavericking?
1: Uh, as I just said, raising money—you mm. have to be—you uh, have to play the game, and uh, uh, social interaction. When you're going out to dinner, I, I dress the part and I act the part, right? And uh, I find myself—one of the ways I've changed—is that uh, when someone says something that blatantly uh, dis- dis- discords with my mm. beliefs. I'll often just not even comment, whereas in the past I would have immediately said, "Well, that's totally in disagreement with what I believe," mm. right, and then start an argument. Right, right now, I'll just say, well, oh, that's very interesting," right, and, and I'm more respectful of other people's uh, beliefs. Okay. However, internally, I'll keep on believing what <laughs> I believe. <laughs> yeah. But now I, I, I I'm, not, I'm less prone to ruffle feathers. That's mm-hmm. a
0: good verb for me. How do you balance being a maverick with home life?
1: Well, uh, something I should have said on my presentation on Friday was that a person's life partner can make or break them. Mm -hmm. And it's probably the most important choice you're ever going to make, who your partner is. And if you pick the wrong partner, they will break you and you will not be able to function successfully as an entrepreneur. If you pick the right partner, then you will blossom and, and achieve far more than you would have alone. This isn't one of the
0: questions, but did you pick the right partner?
1: Initially, no, okay. but now I've met a business partner now who's uh, amazingly... Uh, uh, she was actually at the presentation, yeah. and she's she's cr- wonderful. She, so she's everything I've hoped for in a business partner. Awesome. You know, also, yeah, so she's... Uh, r- we've accomplished more in the last week than I have in the previous couple months.
0: Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Is any part of being a maverick related to the legacy you want to leave
1: behind? Definitely, uh, because... This is my philosophy, so I can give you my philosophy, and that is that in the whole 13-billion-year history of the universe and probably another 6 or 7 billion years of the universe will continue to exist, no one knows for sure, Mm -hmm. uh, that there's only one of each of us. So we are absolutely unique, and never before in the history of the universe and never again will be someone just like us, even if we have a twin, Mm -hmm. right? That means, in my opinion, each of us has a unique contribution to make that no one else in the whole 13 billion year history of the universe can make. And if you don't make it, that means that that's wasted. It's a wasted lifetime, mm-hmm. right? And so I believe I have a unique contribution to make, just like you do, just like you do, right? And and uh, if I'm I'm working to make that contribution, which is my unique skill set <laughs> that comes from my my genetics and my experience, and that that contribution is uh, a unique. contribution that only I can make to make the world better wonderful
0: how much if anything of being a maverick is related to giving back or paying it forward
1: Okay. well one of the most important emotions that uh, a a creative person can have or any person who has a disruptive personality or disruptive position in life like Steve Jobs Mm -hmm. or Bill Gates is an attitude of gratitude yes yeah. to be thankful for all the people who've helped you along the way because no matter how good you are no one gets to where they are alone like right? that parents teachers mm-hmm. mentors financiers where people all along the route so remaining grateful for all the people who have gotten you where you are is a critical attitude in being a maverick
0: mm-hmm. mavericks mm-hmm. tend to be risk takers mm-hmm. what's the biggest risk you've taken in business to date
1: Sold my house and sunk my life savings into my latest venture. Okay.
0: How many ventures have you taken in the past five years, Paul?
1: Countless. Probably about a dozen. Okay. Yeah.
0: And uh, what would you consider the characteristics of a successful venture? Success according to Dr. Huge.
1: A successful venture is one where one person saw... A vision of a possible future that no one else saw and then they work actively in order to make that vision become a reality using their their own genetic and experience Mm -hmm. efforts Uh, and so for example uh, Bill Gates envisioned the future where there would be a personal computer on every desk and this was at a time when computers occupied huge rooms so it was very hard for anyone to imagine such a future where computers were so small and so powerful they would fit on a desk, right? And the second vision he had was that his software would be in every PC. That's an incredible vision in the 70s Mm. when he started to formulate it, right? But then he, every step he did from then on was to make that vision a reality. Okay. So you see, I have a vision for what I can do. It's like I have a vision for a 3D printer in every home. Okay. Okay. That every person will have a 3D printer, just like they have a laser printer or an inkjet printer now. They'll have a 3D printer, and they will be downloading from my website all the stuff that they will be printing. There's my vision. Wonderful. I'm now actively working every day to make that a reality.
0: Well, as we know, entrepreneurs have to actively Mm. work every day or it doesn't become a reality. Of the ventures that you've done, what percentage were successful according to the definition you've just given me?
1: Well, like I say, about uh, 99% fail. So 1% of all my life's ventures have succeeded.
0: What leads to successful execution of a venture? Uh,
1: The accuracy of the vision. Because you can be wrong. But humans. Like, for example, uh, Apple first created the Newton, which was a a PDA, but the technology still wasn't good enough for it to function properly, right? And so people rejected it, right? So you have to surf, surf the wave of change. And if you're too far ahead of the wave or too far behind it, you're going to fail. Right.
0: What do you do that makes the venture successful? What do you bring to the table?
1: Uh, I'm capable of gathering around me people with unique skill sets that complement my own skill sets that I don't have. Like I, I'm not... Like particularly good at business right i'm, I'm a technology person mm-hmm. and i will do business if i have to but i don't prefer to do that mm-hmm. so i like to surround myself with business people marketing people uh, sales people people who have expertise in those areas mm-hmm. that, that i prefer not to do okay and then they allow me to prosper
0: when a venture is unsuccessful apart from the timing because you said surfing the wave too, right. <laughs> too far behind Are there any other um, reasons for
1: failure or is that the main reason? The main reason for failure apart from the one I've just mentioned is the lack of persistence. Okay Okay, there's a story about a gentleman who uh, went to the gold rush in the far west so he lived in New England Mm -hmm. and he sold everything he had and he went to the gold rush and he found a vein of gold which was the richest vein of gold that Mm -hmm. had been found to then. And he, and he bought all this equipment and they to exploit the vein and he dug and dug and, and, and he, they were making a fortune they were just about to pay off all their investment and then the vein ended and they looked around for a while, dug in different directions but couldn't find it so they figured the vein was exhausted mm-hmm. and they sold all their equipment to someone else for 10 cents on the dollar mm-hmm. right, and then left but this other guy hired a mi- mining engineer to analyze the mine and mm-hmm. found that it was a fault line there so the vein of gold was just three feet from where these people had no. abandoned it. Yeah. And so he then exploited this vein of gold and made more, billions of dollars like over many, many years. Because this vein of gold was the largest deposit of gold ever found in the West. So you see, these people quit three feet from infinite riches.
0: Yeah.
1: So that, that's what I'm talking and about, is that lack of persistence. Okay. If your vision is accurate. Of course, if your vision is not accurate. So there's an example of, uh, uh, of someone who grabs a brick and starts polishing it with their sleeve. And you say, well, what are you doing? He goes, well, well I'm making a mirror. Well, no amount of polishing a brick is going to turn into a mirror. <laughs> right? Well, that's an inaccurate vision. Okay. So you cannot just rely on hard work. You have to rely on smart work, work. where okay. your vision is accurate.
0: As a maverick,
1: what are you afraid of? Okay, One of my most important childhood experiences was the blind guy who lived three houses down from me when I lived in New Haven near Yale University. Okay. Right, and His name was Mr. Patanziani and he had been blinded in the Normandy landings. Mm-hmm. Uh, shrapnel in his eyes or something. Anyway, so he had been blind since 1944. And, uh, however, he was a very cheerful, happy guy. And his hearing was so good, he could identify everyone in the neighborhood by their footsteps. So I was walking by his house, and he called me out by name. He goes, oh, you're the kid that lives three houses down. I said, yeah. And then, it was the first time I'd ever met a blind guy. I was only four years old. Okay. And I said, oh, you live in darkness that you don't see. I mean, what a horrible thing. And you know what he said to me? he no, say? He said, fear is the only darkness so, you have to purge yourself of all your fears. Fear of failure, fear of destitution, fear of bankruptcy, fear that your partner's going to leave you, fear of everything. Right? That people are afraid of.
0: Okay. Fear
1: of success. It's the worst one. Yeah. Cuz that's and, yeah, people right, say and, that. And you can only be a successful maverick by purging all the fears from your life. Okay.
0: Thank you so much for sharing that story. Mm-hmm. How important is team to you as a maverick? We know from what's coming out from the work and obviously what's been mm-hmm. written previously is that mavericks tend to be lone wolves or you've said loners. But how important is team to you as a maverick?
1: Okay, so the important thing on being a maverick, and this is very subtle, so you have to listen carefully, and that is that you cannot be prone to group think. When you're thinking... You got to do your own thinking by yourself. That's why I like to go for <coughs> runs by myself in the mountains, uh, to to think by myself. However, once you've done your thinking, then you have to gather around yourself an excellent team of people who complement your skills, right? So, people that can carry through the venture you've thought about. It. Right, so you see the difference is yes. that we're not, you can't get other people to do your thinking for, for you, me. and you cannot think with a group that's called committee thinking. Yeah. Oh right? God! You know, and a camel is a horse designed by committee. Right, <laughs> <laughs> right? and so you have to avoid groupthink uh, and herd thinking. And however, you need the team to carry out the results of your comprehensive individual thinking. Okay. Mm.
0: Does being a maverick affect your approach to leadership?
1: Uh, definitely. Uh, It means that you are not an autocrat. Uh, You are a facilitator where you bring out the best in each of your team members and you don't try and second-guess them. You've hired them for their skills and you let them apply their creativity uh, in, in any way they see fit. So your role as a leader of a team is not to tell people how to do their job. You say, our goal is to accomplish X, Y, and Z by June then you let them find the best way to do that. You do not tell them how to do it. And they will find ways you never even dreamed of to get it done. So what that's for? the essence of a Maverick team.
0: Howard, where did you get your permission to be a Maverick?
1: I gave myself permission. Excellent. Did not wait for anyone else.
0: And how are creativity and innovation related to being a Maverick? Is there a connect?
1: It's a vital component. So, uh, for example, you, on your bookshelf, you have the book Maverick by Ricardo Sembler, right? Which I've read many, many times. And what he did is he he got an MBA at Harvard and then went back to run his com- father's company, uh, Semco. Okay, and then what he started to do was question everything he he'd learned do, in his yeah. MBA. And he asked, do we really need a board of directors? No, he got rid of it. Right? Then he started to systematically question everything about business. Mm-hmm. So he said, should supervisors be evaluating their subordinates? No, it should be the other way around. Subordinates should be evaluating their supervisors. right?" And he questioned one by one by one all of the truisms of modern business mm-hmm. and ended up with a company that was systematically profitable even during the worst economic times of Brazil. Yep. So there's the essence of maverickhood, is questioning everything that's been done before uh, beca- just because it's always been done that way.
0: You know, it's, um, it's not one of the questions, but I've got to say this or I'll bust. Basically, when you're a kid, you're always like, why? Why? Qu- kids ask mm. why all the time. Then you go to school and they tell you to stop asking why mm. and they try to give you, this is the only one answer. There is only one formula. And in some ways, what you've just described mm. is that the people who are mavericks, like Ricardo Sembler, right. they never stop asking right. why.
1: Yeah, there's a story about a prisoner in Auschwitz, who was parched with thirst, so he start, started to lick an icicle, and the guard said no, nein, and the the prisoner said varum, no, because he wasn't hurting anything, yeah. just licking an icicle. Yeah. And the guard said, a priceless response. He said, ist nicht varum hier, there is no why here. So the inability to ask why is a concentration camp of your mind. you always have to ask why. Wow.
0: (laughs) Mavericks tend to be learners. Mm. What are you a student of?
1: Everything. So I often read widely, often things completely separate from my field. Mm -hmm. So I read books on fine art, I read books on architecture, I read books on botany, I read books (laughs) on zoology, things that I never studied in university. Right.
0: Well, it's like they say, mm-hmm. if you don't know what the dots are, how are you supposed to connect them? That's right. <laughs> well, that's my mm-hmm. theory. It? Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Do you draw on other mavericks in any way?
1: Do I draw on other mavericks? I draw on mavericks throughout history. Uh, they've inspired me constantly. So if you go to my house, you'll see books on Leonardo da Vinci, on Galileo, on Copernicus, on, uh, on, on um, Machiavelli, all types of mavericks all through history.
0: So you, you draw them historically. What about today?
1: Well, do you draw on, uh, Yeah, do of course. I've I mean, read bi- biographies of Bill Gates, of Stephen Jobs, of, of Warren Buffett, of uh, uh, all modern mm-hmm. mavericks right, in many diverse areas.
0: Is there anyone who's a maverick that inspires you? You've listed a lot of names, mm-hmm. but if you said, who's the one person that inspires you, who would jump into your head? If mm-hmm. there is one person.
1: Well, there's many that inspire me. One particularly memorable life that inspired me is Abraham Lincoln. Okay. Because if you look at his life, uh, he had nothing but failure until he was 51 years old. Mm. So I invite people listening to this recording to go and review the life of Abraham Lincoln. You'll see he had failure after failure after failure. And if you just look at that out of context, you'd say, well, this guy's going nowhere. Right, he went bankrupt several times Yes, uh, he lost loved ones which he, when he, he had nervous breakdowns he had uh, failures in business personal failures rejection at the polls when he was running for office several times and then suddenly at age 51 he's elected president of the United States it's an incredible story and, and it shows that he believed in himself even though no one else did, did. Mm. what
0: do you have to suffer and sacrifice if anything because you're a
1: mother uh, you have to suffer sometimes being the only one to believe what you believe mm-hmm. and therefore rejected by everyone and so you have to learn to operate on your own.
0: What You're, motivates you as a maverick? What makes you jump out of bed and say, today I'm going to do this?
1: The, excite, the pure excitement of doing something that no one else has done before and being at the, the cutting edge of progress, the cutting edge of new technology, it's a very exciting feeling.
0: Is any part of being a maverick related to finding out who you are and what you're capable
1: of? Yeah, Socrates said that there's there's uh, one good and that is knowledge, and one evil and that is ignorance, and the one the ultimate good is self knowledge. Know yourself, so, right? And so, um, Sun Tzu, the, the great strategist five thousand years ago, said the person who knows himself or herself will win 50% of the time, the person knows himself and the enemy, or the person knows the enemy will win 50% of the time, but if you know the enemy and yourself, you'll win 100% of the time.
0: Mm-hmm. Loving. <clears throat> Do you like being a maverick?
1: Yeah. There's no <laughs> other life like it. I-, I can't imagine living any other way. Okay. You know, if A 9 to 5 predictable schedule doing the same thing every day would kill me.
0: Is being a maverick important or a responsibility in any way.
1: Yeah, it's important because if the people who are mavericks did not make their contributions, then the world would be a far different place, far poorer, I would suggest. So if Copernicus Copernicus and Galileo had not made their contributions, the Middle Ages would have lasted a lot longer. If Martin Luther had not made his contributions, religious oppression would have survived. Right, Newton had not made his contribution, so the, a large part of the world that we now enjoy, the, all the benefits, the medical benefits, f- the benefits of living in a high-technology society, which has given us an unparalleled uh, comfort in life, reduction in pain and suffering, long life expectancy, all that has come from people who have chosen to suffer in order to make their contribution. Okay. It's often very difficult to make a contribution. For example, Pastor, who we talk about today as you know the father of modern microbiology, was vilified in his era, called a, a charlatan that mm. you know invisible things could actually make us sick.
0: And, it's, it, mm. and that's true even now. Some yes. of the mavericks I've already interviewed have have said similar things.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: On a scale of one to ten, how maverick are you?
1: Well. First of all, let me say that um, I believe that there's many, 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 many people smarter than me, Mm -hmm. but in terms of deviance, I'd put myself an eight, seven or eight. Yeah, Yeah, we
0: like seven or eight. Because I
1: have a certain degree of conformity. I don't want to be a total radical. Mm.
0: What advice would you give to someone, Paul, who feels they're a maverick, so that they could be the best possible maverick they could be?
1: First of all, know yourself so you know what you'd love to do and then start doing it. Okay. If you don't know what you love to do, then it's hopeless. You don't mm-hmm. know what to do. So choose what you love to do, then become the best you possibly can be at it by learning all you can about it. Then cultivate a vision about where that field is going and then aim to be the contributor that brings the field into the next stage. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. How do you promote and serve other people to be madly?
1: Uh, I mentor people regularly, okay. uh, so I, I I have numerous students and people I mentored over the years. Uh, so I teach constantly.
0: Okay, and how do you promote and serve yourself to be a master?
1: Uh, a constant process of reanimation every single day. Mm-hmm. Uh, not allowing me to become complacent with my past accomplishments, matter of fact I put past accomplishments out of my mind so that I won't rest on them, okay. treating each day as if I'm starting from scratch to solve new problems. Which
0: takes me nicely to the next question, what's your biggest challenge right
1: now? Uh, my biggest challenge right now uh, is to contain my enthusiasm as the world gradually embraces my vi- my vision and then gives me everything I've ever imagine so uh, huge amounts of capital to do everything i have wanted cash flow uh, and with that comes uh, power and authority but to handle the power responsibly and not let it go to your head mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. if you could have a superhero power what would it be
1: the the ability to unfailingly predict the future wow mm-hmm.
0: well then and you'd live up to your name wouldn't you as dr future free, right what
1: do you do for fun for fun uh well for me work and pleasure are so closely intertwined that they're indistinguishable mm-hmm. so I, much of my time my work is fun
0: yeah
1: but i can sit and work for eight hours and uh, working on a business plan and actually enjoy it yeah right the, the joy of inventing something new and then trying to convince others to embrace the vision it's actually fun and I would suggest that if it's, what you're doing is not fun, you should be doing something else. Yeah, ain't that the truth? Yeah.
0: What would be one quote that defined you as a maverick? Do you have one? Some people have something they live by.
1: Yes. My, one of my favorite quotes is by Marcus Aurelius. And he said that it is not death that a person should fear, but he should fear never beginning to live. Excellent. If you look
0: behind you, there's a postcard that says, um, "To live is the rarest thing in the world. Most people just exist." That's right. Final question: What would you like to have been asked that I haven't asked you? If anything, I
1: have to think about that. When you're quite thorough, and I imagine you become more thorough with each person you've interviewed. Mm. Hmm. what would I like to do that I haven't done yet Okay, so what would
0: you like to do that you haven't done yet
1: I would like to be able to leave a a legacy which benefits virtually every human being on earth in other words that if they would use the system or the item that I developed that their lives would be better, healthier, more rewarding
0: And yet yet
1: they wouldn't know who had developed this system or item. Because I'm not after glory. Yeah, most
0: most of Mm. the Mavericks ain't after the glory.
1: No, I don't care about that. But I would care about leaving a legacy that benefited billions of people.
0: Wonderful. Mm. Well, thank you so much for letting me interview Mm. you. Mm. I thoroughly enjoyed that. I knew I should have asked you.
1: Mm. (laughs) Thank you. Okay.
0: You can switch it off now. Okay.